Hello and welcome to the Kryptonite Podcast. I am Mark Stores, and with me as always is... Chris. And... Rob Morphy. Thank you all so very much for joining us in these days of quarantine. Uh, before we get started, I want to let everyone know, hellorspace.com. We are doing a local charity fundraiser for our uh, Meals on Wheels program here in Cuga County. We have the uh, KISS design, Heller Space, and we have the... Uh, Plan 9 from Heller Space designed the two latest designs that we put out. Uh, when you buy that, $8 goes to support our local Meals on Wheels. So thank you all to everyone who has contributed so far. Um, the turnout's been awesome. We are super excited about that. So uh, thank you all for that. And uh, yeah, I think that is the intro for the show. Wow. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, we're just trying to help people out in these weird fucking times. So, yeah. you know, how is, uh, how is everyone's quarantine? Rob and Chris, how, how, how are we all doing? Fine, Solid. man. Yeah, Good. great. Hanging Good. out. Okay. Cool. Fucking. No, fin- no. I switched out my vegetables. I now have broccoli flowerettes <laughs> and French cut green beans as a cooler. So I feel like I'm keeping things spontaneous uh, right. and yeah, dynamic. No, no. Good. Good. We had a we had a recent uh, bit of uh, <clears throat> uh, I guess it was a synchronicity. Actually, a listener was just happened to be listening to uh, the episode, and then lo and behold, boom! They had the uh, California mix, the same one that you had. Oh yeah, so, I saw that. That's yeah, dope pretty as weird, shit. right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, fucking miracles never cease. Fuck yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amaze balls. Yeah, pretty, pretty strange. Pretty strange. So, uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Kryptonite Podcast. One dollar is a shout out. Five dollars is a shout out, and some bonus audio. Thank y'all to everyone that contributes over there. We got a lot of cool stuff happening this month. Uh, we got some time on our hands, so we figure why not record some extra episodes for that. Uh, and we have some Patreon shout-outs to do. So uh, who would like to get started? Uh, shit, you want me to do it? Yeah, we have, we have a correction. Why don't you do the, do, do the correction for us? Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. What we have, I'll tell you, is not uh, uh, Donald O'Connor. That was wrong. That was a fucking complete fail. What we have is a Donal O Crahur or Cruhor, maybe, but I think it's a O Crahur. And I hope I'm saying it with just a hint of Gaelic, which is in my DNA, but not necessarily at all reflected in my voice. So, uh, Donal, if we got it right this time, fucking phenomenal. And thank you again for signing on. And if I didn't, well, fuck. Third time's the charm. Yeah, and again, if we murder your name, let us know, and we will correct it. Although the last episode, surprisingly, we got a lot of of, uh, of emails, uh, an overwhelming amount of emails where people are like, "Oh my God, you got my name right!" I'm like, thanks, <laughs> Chris Smith. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I know we mastered so, it. The slow yeah. pronunciation. And, and, and believe me, we, we do appreciate the emails when people are like, holy shit, you actually got my name right. We do appreciate those. Oh, my God, we, we do. We appreciate not. anything that's – well, we appreciate feedback, period. But positive feedback, perfection. It's good to know that we're not completely dumb. So, Oh, that doesn't say uh, that at all. There yeah. is no guarantee we're not completely dumb regardless of whether or not we occasionally <laughs> yeah, no, pronounce I'm a word su- right. I'm surprised we don't get more emails that are like, I love you guys because you're so dumb. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I'd be like, yeah, you get it. <laughs> nice Chris, Chris, do you, right. Chris do you want to take these next three Next is Charlie Collins Awesome Charlie! thank you so much Emily Cardolis Tate Nice Oh, that's, nice. that's an austere name Totally And the last one is Tash Lawson Awesome That's, that's pretty badass that's a fucking wild west name Not a real wild west name like wild west As filtered through the 80s Like this is a young gun sequel name 
Totally. Totally. Thank you so much, Tash. Uh, I have Harry. Easy enough. <laughs> nice, Harry. That up. <laughs> I'm Nailed sure it's it. the prince from England. There's no doubt about it. We're being yeah, followed totally. by former royalty. That's great. Totally. Uh, next, we have Nicholas Garcia. Mr. Garcia. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. Uh, Snarby33. Or it's <laughs> two smiley faces. I, I don't uh, maybe or it's weird nose. two eyes yeah, and two yeah. sets of boobs. That, yeah, Could that's be. what I saw initially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, thank you. Snarby two boobs. Four or boobs. maybe that's maybe that's like the the way you <laughs> snarby two boobs. The way you do like a tardigrade in type because that looks like kind of a little tardigrade on its side. Sure. Maybe you'd have another set of legs. Anyway, snarby. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Robert. Do you want to do do the last two here? Yeah. Sure. We've got Austin Saiki. Thank you, Austin. And you so Kane Valkyrie. Oh, wow. All right. Well, nice. uh, enjoy that your is... stay in Valhalla. Speak well of us to Odin, please. Yeah, that, totally. that's clearly a Final Fantasy character. Oh, completely. That's great, 100%. though. Kane totally. with a K, no less. Brilliant. Yeah, totally. So uh, there it is. The Patreon shoutouts. Thank you all so very much for your contributions. We appreciate them. This week, we are talking about... Living Dinosaurs of South America. Just uh, cut and dry. The best. We had a we had a discussion about being dead dinosaurs of <laughs> yeah. South America. But, yeah, no, yeah. Chris thanked me for being specific, which was nice. Yeah, no, we all appreciate that. So, uh, no, we're talking about living dinosaurs of South America. So let's get started with near the dawn of the 20th century. Reports began to emerge from the unfathomable jungles deep in the Amazon basin of colossal creatures that seemingly skulked out of the mists of time from another age to terrify the explorers who were intrepid enough to venture into this lost world. In We're talking about living oh. fucking dinosaurs. The and actually, this actually has been uh, brought up a couple of times. People are like, I want to talk about, you know, dinosaurs and shit. So for all you fucking dino heads out there. Oh, okay. Well, here, here we go. go. You're welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, for a lot of us, it's our first cryptid. I mean, they're not cryptids in the sense that they actually 100% are known to have exist, but cryptids in the sense that if anything even close to it is still alive, it is obviously an unknown fucking animal. And be it, I mean, not that I think Nessie is an example of it, say, but a lot of people associated lake monsters and all sorts of shit when we were growing up Oh yeah, 100%. with the idea of living dinosaurs. So, you know, I mean, for anyone that grew up in, in, in the last, I don't know how many, like the last half century, the idea that dinosaurs might be alive somewhere, even longer, obviously, because we're going to start way back in the 1800s with this, has been utterly fascinating. And uh, let's just jump right in. All righty. Despite or tragically perhaps because of the lamentable aspects of its patriarchal patina, brutal colonial regimes, inherent racial prejudice, rampant sexism, and and nearly theater-wide exploitation of indigenous peoples, the 1800s were, by and large, a golden age of exploration, high adventure, and scientific discovery." It is undeniable that the 1800s really, because, I mean, we're talking pre-internet, we're talking um, we're talking just an idea where, you know, to travel across the world was a ship voyage of months or at least weeks, depending on how far you were going. The, the world was big and unknown, and it was fascinating. So I'm trying to get us back into the headspace of that time. And if you lived in a city, of course, it was classically Dickensian, full of shit and regret and filth, and we've been down that road before. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, totally. All right, Sweet. let's fucking, now that we've laid the groundwork of this Dickensian error, 
Yeah, I said oh, error. Error. Yeah, nice. Oh nice. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, you like that? It was an error. The entire era was an error. Bring it wow. right. Although the Industrial Revolution had already made its indelible mark in modernizing the world and superstitions were swiftly giving way to scientific principles, vast swaths of the planet remained uncharted, and therein it was almost universally agreed dwelled monsters. The few courageous souls who managed to plunge deeply into these lands of inexorable mystery and returned to tell the tale regaled their listeners with stories of cunning carnivores and massive antediluvian animals that spread like wildfire through Victorian society, creating a fascination with the idea that creatures long thought to have gone extinct might still, in some remote pockets of the planet, be alive and well. Places like Sub-Saharan Africa, India, and the jungles of South Asia were all said to harbor their own prehistoric predators, but much of the European public's fascination was focused squarely on the distant rainforests and jungles of South America, where tales of harrowing encounters with bizarre beasts were coming out with alarming regularity. While we cannot possibly cover every report, one of the earliest and most intriguing could be found in all places published in a highly regarded American scientific journal. In what must be considered one of the most incredible accounts ever published by the esteemed Scientific American is a report that a mysterious three-headed specimen of quote-unquote Saurian had been killed in a hail of gunfire in the swampy northeastern, northeastern Beni region of Bolivia, a beast that was then preserved by order of no less than the president himself, Evo Morales. Man, they're just shooting down fucking giant birds and shit no saurian like dinosaurs but in this case a fucking three-headed one yeah but so yeah so So a ghidorah they're killing a ghidorah a bolivian ghidorah hydra something yeah i was thinking of i was thinking of like sauron from fucking like like the x-men yeah i knew you i knew you would go there yeah, so is it like a pterodactyl? Is it a fucking dactyl bird? Like three? There, there's dactyl? no, there's no indication of wings at all. Oh man! All right, fine. I'm so I'm sorry. We can't give you this one yet. Okay, fine. Give it time. <laughs> all right. The account yeah, comes know. to us in the form of a letter to the editor of the Journal of Science, written by one William A. E. Axon, and dated 1883. Titled simply "A Bolivian Saurian," the information contained therein if true, arguably represents the most astounding zoological find of the 19th or any other century, here is the entry that baffled the world. And I will oh, read God, it verbatim. The world. the world. Well, everyone in the world that read it. I shouldn't say every citizen of Earth <laughs> in 1883 was fucking flabbergasted. But those that read Scientific American were like, the fuck? Good sir. I'm baffled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly and perplexed. <laughs> Let me nestle myself in my enigmatic corner. Wow, well played. Oh, Nicely done, if I may. Sir, the Anglo Brazilian Times, March 24th, 1883, says that the Brazilian minister at La Paz, Bolivia, has remitted to the Minister of Foreign Affairs in Rio photographs of drawings of an extraordinary Saurian killed on the Benny after receiving 36 balls. 
Now, let me clarify that. When, right, well, I have problems with this whole sentence. This yeah, sentence no, is no, there's littered there's, with shit. It is littered with <laughs> shit, both grammatically and factually, that will deserve to be broken down. But let's just enjoy the 36 balls for a second. Let's <laughs> just be 11 up, and just laugh. Yeah, no, that was just the icing on the cake. Balls. Like, I had problems before yeah. that, and then it no. ended that. And I'm like, what? Like the photograph of the drawing yeah, and the then 36 of the balls. Drawing photographs of drawings? <laughs> like, don't you dare take a photo of my three-headed Saurian buddy over here. But but Dave, Dave drew this awesome sketch. Yeah. Snap yeah. away. And don't forget the 36 balls. My God. That fucking dino was busy. Holy oh, shit. Oh, man. When I die, I want a 36-ball salute at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to go out. I just, it's the way that's worded. Like, uh, why would you say that? <laughs> Instead of saying just after being shot or whatever. I know. Well, I'm assuming musket balls. It, so, it, well, I yeah, don't know. That, I don't know. If it was, it's 1883. I think we're beyond muskets, but they might be just little blunderbuss balls. Or maybe that's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was one guy with a blunderbuss with 36 exactly. balls loaded in it. <laughs> It's like, we only got five guns and one blunderbuss. How many balls can you put in the blunderbuss? <laughs> like 32. Perfect. Perfect. Everyone fire. We got four left over. Ah, fuck it. Throw it at him. No big deal. And that deal. would assume all 34 balls of the blunderbuss hit the fucking sor- Saurian. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like Depending it's like on how bird. big said, said Saurian is. Yeah. I mean, but if, if you think about it like, like birdshot, like birdshot is a cluster of little pellets. It's not like a slug, so... That's Mark's gun yeah. corner. Robert, let's finish the Yeah, we the know letter. that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was maybe 12 guys shooting fucking three times. Math. Okay, 36 balls. Who knows? Receiving. Right, continuing. By order balls. of the president of Bolivia, may I please, the president of Bolivia is ordering something now. <laughs> Sorry. I just, all right, continue. Are, are you seriously done? I'm yes, I'm done. I'm done laughing about balls. I have. Oh, I know got it's nothing. hilarious. You fuckers! I have nothing. They're I'm pounding it with testicles. I cannot stop uh, fucking wow. thinking about that. It's just <laughs> receiving, receiving. <laughs> yes, it's just gently. Lit- Come on to me, balls! Like it's being right. teabagged from all sides. Oh, yeah, God. like it was mail or a present. Uh, we're almost. He received 40. them. I, I mean, I'm almost forty. You guys oh, are okay. 40, yeah, Jesus. we're we're in our forties. It is official. You are. Yeah, yeah not, we're right. almost fifty. Yeah. So let's not even front. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> not front around. <laughs> all right, there you go. All right. By order after the, after the balls of the president of Bolivia, the dried body, which had been preserved in Asuncion, was sent to La Paz. It is twelve meters, about forty feet long, from snout to the point of the tail. Which ladder is flattened, that being ladder, the tail is flattened. Besides the anterior head, the forward-facing head, it has four meters, you know, about 14 feet, 13 feet behind. So, beside the anterior head, it has about 13 feet behind, but two small, completely formed heads rising from its back. All three have much resemblance to the head of a dog. This is John Carpenter's The Thing. All I can see is that big yeah, bundle of flesh I, and fucking Malamute heads fucking lashing out and stop yeah, motion. Is it, is it like a weird like luck dragon? Like the most unluckiest luck dragon ever? Oh, it's ever the scummiest luck dragon um, ever. A mutant. Yeah, why did you... Yeah, this isn't is a, it, a living dinosaur. This is a mutant. Listen, it was called a Saurian. Of Hades. Wow. It's a, it's a mutant of Hades. Of Hades. <clears throat> all right, so it's got three weird dog heads. Yeah. Okay. 
Weird. The legs are short and end in formidable claws. The legs, Ooh. belly, and lower part of the throat appear to be defended by a kind of scale armor, and its back is Ooh. protected by a still thicker and double cuirass. That is like the armor that you'd like clamp on to your chest and back. Yeah. You know, yep. in case you didn't know. Starting from behind the ears of the anterior head and continuing to the tail. So it's fucked up. It's got scales. It's got thick plating, which reminds yeah. me of an ankylosaurus a little bit. It's weird. But here's where it's not anything like that besides the three fucking heads. The neck is long and the belly large and almost dragging on the ground. Professor yeah. Gilvetti, who examined the beast, thinks it's not a monster, but a member of a rare or almost lost species as the Indians in some parts of Bolivia use small earthen vases of identical shape and probably copied it from nature. So let's just fucking enjoy the science of this. Whoever fucking Professor Gilvetti is, he thinks that it is not a monster, just a rare species because there's generally shaped earthenware products that must have been emulating this creature. Which is the most backwards, fucked up anthropology I have ever heard. Yeah, okay, I was just making sure that's what he's actually said. And, okay, that, no, I'm going to say no. Yeah, we're, I think we're all going to agree. <laughs> Prof Gill is not fucking doing his research right. So, like, if I was around back then, would I be like a Prof Gill? Would I be like the fucking dude where I'm just like, oh, clearly it's a fucking drawing. Of yeah, a... probably. All right, cool. Well, if cool. you saw a snake and you said, well... I've seen beer bottles that are tubular. Ergo, all beer bottles must be made to look like snakes. Then, yeah, you would. But you yeah, are not evidence. that. You are much better than Professor Gill, my friend. You would never I mean, pull guess, that shit. I guess it depends on like the day you catch me on. <laughs> how drunk? Like, really? that, that is true, too, though. Yeah, so. like either how drunk or how hungover or just how like irritated with life I am. I mean, I might be very like accommodating. I'm like, oh, no, that's clearly a snicker. I'm just like, yeah, it's a fucking beer bottle. Fuck off. Whatever. I mean, I don't even care. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Here's gonna be right, the, well, here's gonna here be the twist go. that's gonna shock uh, all of us. Frustratingly, this is the only mention of the curious carcass, as it evidently either never made it to any reputable educational institution or was lost in some vast ac academic archive. Perhaps tucked away by covetous researchers trying to keep other scholars from stealing away with their prized half hydra. I knew I'd get to use that phrase. Ooh, Either nice. way, these incredible remains evidently vanished without a trace, if indeed they ever existed in the first place. And mm, I tend bullshit. towards the latter, not the bullshit. former, as much as I want it to be a fucking sweet creature. But what can you do? What can you do? Right. It just disappeared well, on the way to the fucking president's okay, mansion. Right, right. And while this kooky kaiju-like concoction of a mythical tri-headed dragon and I guess armadillo stands as by far the craziest critter to have been allegedly extracted from the region, other encounters prove to be just as vexing. In the early part of the 20th century, legendary South American explorer Percy Fawcett, who along with his son and another colleague would eventually vanish in the inscrutable jungles of the Amazon while searching for the allegedly lost gold-rich city of Z. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. You know, the big deal, people searching for him forever. He was a super famous explorer. And he yeah. just disappeared. I think even dude from uh, Sons of Anarchy played him in a movie that I don't think did very well. 
Really? Uh, a few okay. years ago, yeah. Some, huh. I think it might have been sure. called C, but I'm not sure. Anyway. I was just thinking of like Dora the Explorer of the movie where they're trying to get to the Aztec it, it, city. It, it is actually the retelling of the Percy Fawcett story. I mean, it's, right, cool. it's subtle for oh, the kids. Right. They change some of the yeah. facts, but yeah. Dude, Percy look, Fawcett. I'm, I'm just saying, real quick before we do that, fucking yeah. the Dora the Explorer, the live action movie, ain't a bad flick. Just saying. Oh, God damn it. Of course you'd say that. How can it it's, be good? Whatever. I mean, I know, listen, I know when you have small kids, you have to watch that shit and you have to endure shit you ordinarily would hate because you love your kids. And I respect that. I truly do. But sometimes I think you give things a pass that might not deserve it. Now, I haven't seen it yet. They get poisoned by mushrooms and then they trip balls and think they're cartoons. That's all you need to know. Watch it. Robert, please continue. Oh, my God. Fawcett. (laughs) Claim to have borne eyewitness to an animal which he felt was almost certainly a relic from an antediluvian age. Explorer Leonard Clark, in his 1953 book, The Rivers Ran East, recorded the event thusly. In 1907, Lieutenant Colonel Percy Fawcett of the British Army was sent to mark the boundaries between Brazil and Peru. He was an officer in the Royal Engineers and was well known as a meticulous recorder of facts. In the Beni Swamp, again the Beni Swamp, swamps of Madre de Dios, Colonel P.H. Fawcett saw an animal he believed to be a Diplodocus. The Diplodocus story is confirmed by many of the tribes of the Ukiali region. Real East quick, of I'm the dumb. Ukiali region, excuse me. I'm stupid. What's a a, a, a Diplodocus? All right, you what know the general form of a sauropod, right? Or like what used to be called a brontosaurus and maybe uh, still is. Okay, they think yeah, brontosaurus. I, yeah, I got long brontosaurus. Long neck, but feet okay. and not flippers like a plesiosaur. Okay, there's a lot of sores in there, but okay. But you know All what I'm saying? Right. I'm trying to catch on. <laughs> dinosaur, the, look. You know the, the, the giraffe dinosaur, does that help? Okay, yeah. No, that not does, as big you. as a brachiosaurus. I was never into dinosaurs as a kid. Like when I realized, yeah, like when I realized that Godzilla was not a T Rex, I was like, but no, Godzilla is so much cooler. No one's arguing that Kaiju was awesome. No one's, in fact, I'm going to discuss that a little bit later. I mean, I like, how do you not like fucking dinosaurs? I just, I liked Dino Riders and I liked. Gigan and Hodora. <laughs> yeah, but no. like you I know. mean, I I liked I I lean toward Ghidorah. the dinosaurs that were Transformers. So like all, I loved all the Dinobots. Dinobots yeah. were yes, awesome. Yeah. And then, then then I started looking to other like dinosaurs that were real dinosaurs. I'm like, yeah, but you're not a Dinobot. So yeah, you're not as dope I mean, as the dinobots. So you guys just didn't give but, fucks about dinosaurs. I was the only one really. that gave a fuck about dinosaurs. Yeah, no, I mean like, like real raptors. dinosaurs. Like I like dragons and weird shit like that. But like, yeah, totally. Like hydras and shit. Listen, like, I'm not going to disparage bomb. it. I love mythological creatures like dragons and all the, the the Greek shit that lived throughout the Mediterranean and Jason the Argonaut stuff. I love all of that. I certainly yeah. love kaiju cinema. You guys know that. Everyone who knows me knows that. But. Has to, it doesn't have to stem from, but you would think it would at least lead to, if not stem from, a fucking appreciation of the basic, you know, most awesome animals, in my opinion, that ever lived on the fucking earth. Yeah, know, man. Not when you're I mean, nine. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it, when. No, because uh, they weren't as I had, cool. I had Godzilla. I didn't need actual real shit. I'm like fucking, like I said, when I realized Godzilla was not a T-Rex, I'm like, oh, this is fucking sucks. T-Rexes blow their dumb, tiny arms. Yeah. I don't even know who you guys are sometimes. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that's why I need I need help with these fucking. Yeah, you're not uh, really going to appreciate the bio, the actual biology of it. I didn't. Until, yeah, you until guys keep later. saying you're not, but I completely did. But you know what? 
different strokes okay. for different folks. That's well, all that's right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you you didn't. I'm just saying I didn't. No, I I didn't either. I still don't. Like, I mean, they're cool. Like, Velociraptors are dope in fucking Jurassic Park when they fucking when Star Lord rides them and shit. That's pretty bomb. Like, I'm all about it. Yeah. What? Everyone <laughs> 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 just got quiet. You fucks. What? No, no. I mean, I'm just you know, it's fine. You don't have to look dinosaurs. <laughs> It's no big deal. Ah, letting Rob down. All right. Anyway, our right. non-interest so in dinosaurs. Right. We were talking aside. about. We were talking about Leonard Clark's book, "The Rivers Ran East," in which he confirmed Fawcett's alleged sighting of a Diplodocus, which is just okay. a big fucking sauropod. So, right. while traveling up Brazil's Rio Perenne in 1946, Clark chronicled native accounts of gargantuan herbivorous, long-necked animals with a penchant for attacking unwary boaters. Shades of the Mokele Mbembe there a little bit. He wrote, evidently to a good chum, I love the way this starts, speaking of reptiles, old boy. Oh, <laughs> that's Mark. Mark wrote this. Oh. Colonel nice. Fawcett reached the eastern edge of Madre de Dios, out where you are going. It is a country of swamps, apparently. One day while running his dugouts through it, that, that's the boat, he saw a great reptilian head rise out of the jungle. But before he could shoot, the head was lowered. From the noise the beast made getting away, he took it to be some sort of dinosaur. All right, let's hit the brakes. From the noise it made, he took it to be some sort of dinosaur. I know this is a secondhand reporting by fucking uh, Clark. To a right, random yeah. buddy who's going to be traveling there. But no sound will make anybody ever think, that's a fucking dinosaur. It's not even like they have the movie sounds of dinosaurs. We don't even have the fucking Johnny <laughs> no, Quest pterodactyl screech yet, much less yes. the Harryhausen sounds or anything else. No, Maybe he's... he was just, maybe like the commotion it made while it was like frantically running away or whatever, you know? Maybe you're right. Maybe I it's mean, just, maybe, it's sheer I'm size. Assuming, yeah, you know what? They, I like your... I like your logic, Mark. You actually, what oh, you thanks. said, I something I can sink my teeth into. All right, thank you. I th- that you get one this episode, good sir. As I bow to you. Wow, thank you. Uh, yes. I don't I'm, know. I'm bowing, but you that guys one, can't but... see it. So Clark goes on to say, Fawcett's Indians revolted, assuming his guides, and it was necessary to return to Mato Grosso. When I smiled, he presently added, "Don't be too sure they don't exist." We hear a great many stories from the Indians there. Fawcett's son, Brian, confirmed his father's claims and drew an image of him looking at the creature's tracks. In his book, Exploration Fawcett, Brian Fawcett spoke about reports of large monsters inhabiting the swamps near the Madidi River in Bolivia, writing, There are snakes and insects unknown to scientists, and in the forests of Madidi, some mysterious and enormous beast has frequently been disturbed in the swamps, possibly a primeval monster like those reported in other parts of the continent. Certainly tracks have been found belonging to no known animal. Huge tracks far greater than could have been made by any species we know. So why is everyone drawing pictures? Like real quick, my question, why is everyone drawing pictures? Well, Well, that's think of the camera gear at the time. Think of how heavy, how, how when people, now, again, yeah, I know we started right. in the 1800s. Now we're in the early 20th century. I am not a camera technology historian, so I don't know. I don't right. think you had to sit still for a half hour of non-smiling, <laughs> grimacing like you had to in the Civil War days. Right. But I still think it was a slow no, process. No. So yeah. if you're looking to survive and you got to bring food and water, no matter how many 
uh, guides and carriers you have with you. I think right. maybe carrying heavy equipment like camera equipment, maybe it wasn't something that at least Fawcett and his uh, you know, exploratory no, that, team wanted to do. Yeah, thank you. That makes sense. Yeah, no, action photography still wasn't a thing. You didn't go into nature and try right. to get something moving because by yeah, the no. time you did it, they already moved on with their lives. Absolutely. Ten years went by. <laughs> no, like, yeah, you could have started babies. a family. Yeah. Uh, before you had right. a chance to do it. Yeah, Nat Geo right, was not point. fucking pulling its sweet shit yet. No. That started yeah. in like the 50s. Okay, cool. All right, just putting it out there. People, everyone's drawing a fucking picture. Boy, time to be alive. It's interesting to know. I'm just going to go on a side note. Like, they found other weird shit besides, like, giant snakes and fucking spiders, like, superfluously big spiders. Fucking, they, they, they claim to have found a dog with two noses. I, four nostrils, I assume. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> okay. I, don't, I don't even know, too. That's, wow. That was the sentence. It's like right. a two-nosed dog and a cat-dog hybrid. Oh, I know. Dog? Oh, What's a cat man. dog? Is it a fox? Is it a cool yeah, fox? Yeah, it's kind of a fox. Yeah, maybe. What's a cat dog? It's probably just an indigenous animal that they just didn't know about. I don't know. I don't know where. Yeah, it's probably just a cat or Fruces a dog. Is from? I don't know. Something weird that just looks, it looks kind of like a dog. It's kind of like a cat, you know? Who the fuck cat knows? <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's not a fucking cat dog. But anyway, they found a lot of weird shit. But continuing on the point. Colonel yeah. Fawcett himself would echo his son's sentiments in a letter he wrote in 1919 in which he chronicles an evidently colossal Cretaceous creature supposedly lurking in the dense swamp-ridden jungles of Bolivia, writing, A friend of mine, a trader in the rivers and for whose honesty I can vouch, saw in somewhere about latitude 12 degrees south and longitude 65 degrees west on the borderland between Bolivia and Brazil, the head and neck of a huge reptile of the character of a brontosaurus. Same thing. Just think smaller diplodocus. It was a question of who was scared. It was a question of who was scared most for it precipitously withdrew with a plunging, which suggested an enormous bulk. The savages classic white guy the savages appeared to be familiar with the existence and tracks of the beast although i never came across any of the latter myself these swamps over immense areas are virtually impenetrable all right okay i do feel like i should mention this it seems earlier that um well, all right. So Fawcett's son, Brian, confirmed his father's claims and drew an image of him looking at the creature's tracks in his book. So right. I assumed that his dad saw the tracks because he drew a picture of his dad looking at the tracks, whereupon Fawcett himself is like, I haven't actually seen the tracks. So maybe it's yeah. just the way it was written and maybe it was a picture of Brian himself looking at the tracks. I'm not going to I'm not going to call poo poo just based on that alone, but I I felt like it was worth mentioning. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah totally. Okay. In 1931, Swedish explorer Harald Weston claimed to have come across a 20-foot-long reptile not far from the border between Bolivia and Brazil, a hotspot for this shit, evidently. Weston described the creature as having a head like an alligator attached to a long body which resembled, quote-unquote, a distended boa constrictor. It moved quadrupedally across the shores of the Rio Memore before disappearing. So again, that's not quite normal that's not a caiman that you would see i mean 20 feet long first it's just extravagantly large and then a distended like i I assume like sort of bloated in the center boa constrictor though i don't know exactly what it means by distended but that's the only thing i can imagine it's odd i don't know if it's a dinosaur 
but it certainly seems like if it's real as it, at least as as Weston described it, it's a cryptid. So yeah, I it's include definitely some, it. Definitely okay. some fucked up shit. Totally. Arguably, this is where we get to the fun month. One of the most frightening encounters reported from the region hails from October of 1907. So now we're going back in time a little bit. And concerns a pair of European explorers who, along with their native guides, came face to face with a monster from Earth's distant past. Or at least a descendant of something that seemed decidedly prehistoric. German explorers... Franz Hermann Schmidt and Captain Rudolf Fleng were being escorted up Peru's remote and dangerous Solimes River when they noticed that the area was strangely devoid of life. They were used to seeing caiman and iguanas and other snakes and things and, 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 and monkeys by the shoreline, and the shit was just barren. So they were like, what the fuck? You know, when you get that unnerving, unnatural quiet, it's right. just, you know, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. After grounding their boats, the men discovered an array of massive footprints on the riverbank, which greatly agitated their native guides. The men were warned that they should not remain in the region, but with typical Western condescension, they dismissed the concerns of their much more experienced guides and decided to make camp near the site. When they awoke the following day, fresh prints were found along the river, not far from the camp. Flang decided that he was going to track them and disappeared into the dense jungle brush, but within minutes, the sounds of pandemonium echo echoed through the foliage. Uh -oh. A group of monkeys who had been eating fruits nearby screamed in terror, and birds screeched as a massive, unidentified thing crashed through the rainforest. The sound sent the frightened guides running for one of the canoes. They piled in and pulled out into the water. Flang came running from the forest, and he and Schmidt stood their ground. Schmidt would later describe the scene. And from this point, and for a little while, I'm just going to be quoting what he wrote. One of the excited Indians began to paddle the boat away from the shore, and before we could stop him, we were 100 feet from the waterline. Now we could see nothing, and the Indians absolutely refused to put in again, come back to shore. Well, neither Flang nor myself cared to lay down our rifles in order to paddle. There was a great wave of waving of plants and a sound of heavy slaps of a great paddle mingled with the cries of some monkeys moving rapidly away from the lake. One or two that were hurt or held fast were, were shrieking close at hand. Then their cries ceased. For a full ten minutes, there was silence." Then the green growth began to stir again, and coming back to the lake, we beheld a frightful monster that I shall now describe. And he goes on to say, The head appeared over bushes ten feet tall. It was about the size of a beer keg, something we can all identify with. Uh, Finally, a measurement we can understand. Exactly. Fuck your kilometers and millimeters and inches and yards. It's the size of a keg. I gotcha. Perfect. And was shaped like that of a tapir as if its snout was used for pulling things or taking hold of them. That's interesting because it, it does indicate maybe a herbivore. The exactly. eyes, now I'm going back to what Schmidt said. The eyes were small and dull and set in like those of an alligator. Despite the half-dried mud, we could see that the neck, which was very snake-like, only thicker in proportion, as rough knotted like an alligator's sides rather than its back. So I guess the back is smooth and it's just got these knobby roughness like a gator on its neck. I think okay. that's how I'm interpreting it. Evidently, the animal saw nothing odd in us if it noticed us at all. 
and advanced till he was not more than 150 feet away. We could see part of the body, which I should judge to have been eight or nine feet thick at the shoulders, if that word may be used, since there were no forelegs, only some great, heavy, clawed flippers, which reminds me of a seal or some sort of pinniped. But that's interesting. The surface was like that of the neck. For a wonder, the Indians did not bolt, but they seemed fascinated. Hmm. So it's a weird way of saying I think they just stayed perched in the water staring with the yeah. same kind of wonder. They did not book. No, they did not. And he- here's where I interject. Noting what was an evident lack of proper hucking rocks, Flang mm. hefted his rifle, <laughs> took aim, and fired at the behemoth. There you Schmidt go. continued. As far as I was concerned, I would have waited a little longer. But Flang threw up his <laughs> rifle and let drive at the head. Let drive. Let drive. What an right, exciting right. way to see you're shooting something. <laughs> I am sure that he struck between the eyes and that the bullet must have struck something bony, horny, or very tough, for it cut twigs from a, tr- from a tree higher up and further on after it glanced. So he saw the thing deflect and shoot up in the trees. I yeah. shot as Flang shot again and aimed for the base of the neck. Again, my words here. If it penetrated the folds of flesh, the mastodontic monster seemed not to notice. Maybe its tiny brain took a while to register the hit, or perhaps its tremendous size meant that random bullets were no more distracting than bee stings, according to Schmidt. The animal had remained perfectly still till now. It dropped its nose to the spot at which I had aimed and seemed to bite at it, but there was no blood or any sign of real hurt. It was then, again in my own words, that the two explorers decided to go full-on mark and began firing their weapons in unison <laughs> as rapidly as humanly possible. Bang, yeah, bang, 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 right. bang, 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 I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> And Schmidt says, as quickly as we could fire, we pumped seven shots into it. And I believe they all struck. They seemed to annoy the creature, but not to work any injury. Suddenly, it plunged forward in a silly, clumsy fashion. The Indians nearly upset the dugout getting away, and both Flang and I missed the sight as it entered the water. I was very anxious to see its hind legs, if it had any. I looked again, only in time to see the last of it leave the land. A heavy, blunt tail with rough, horny bumps. Lumps, excuse Hmm. me. The head was still visible, though the body was hidden by the splash. From this instant's opportunity, I should say that the creature was 35 feet long, with at least 12 of this devoted to the head and neck. So not an insubstantial animal. No. It's pretty fucking big. Oh, it is big. It is big. And, And maybe sorry and big, but... As I'm going to say in a second, I'm not entirely sure this is a fucking dinosaur. In three seconds, excuse me, there was nothing to be seen except waves and muddy water. The movements of this waterside growth and and a monkey with its hind parts useless hauling himself up a treetop. As the Indians paddled frantically away, I put a bullet through the poor thing to let it out of its misery. But if Schmidt thought he'd put an end to the thing... He was sorely mistaken. The author continued. 
We had not gone a hundred yards before Flang called to me and pointed to the right. Above the water, an eighth of a mile away, appeared the head and neck of the monster. It must have dived and gone right under us. After a few seconds' gaze, it began to swim toward us, and as our bullets seemed to have no effect, we took flight in earnest, losing sight of it behind an island. We did not pick it up again, and we were just as well pleased. In assessing their firearms and effectiveness against the brute, this is my interjection, Schmidt wisely decided on a prudent retreat, stating, since it was apparent that our Remingtons, heavy enough to drop a lion or an elephant in its tracks, were no defense at all against such animals as we had seen, and from the tracks we had reason to suppose that there were larger ones in the region, the wisest thing for us to do was to be content and move on as soon as possible to return with a rapid fire gun or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Oh, Jesus you know, Christ. Gatlin gun for killing I dinos. I was going to say, man, they get the old timey fucking Gatlin gun out where you got to have like somebody crank? tripod. Yeah. And just keep fucking mowing down. Just drag Django into the fucking jungle with his coffin, you know, classic Franco Nero Django with his fucking Gatlin gun. See, I'm thinking Jesse Ventura and fucking Predator, where it was just fucking. Oh, just that was yeah. That's yeah. It's a minigun. Yeah, that's beyond yeah, well, Gatlin. Yeah. That's just mayhem. That's something that probably belongs <laughs> on the side of a fucking chopper, not in the arms yeah, of a man. I don't think that's yeah, actually yeah. a real weapon. I'm pretty sure that those are mounted on like you know vehicles. I don't think you know Jesse Ventura. Like, what's going on? Fucking just lighting the whole place up. Man, I am also know, we can dream. Also convinced that occasionally <laughs> yeah. Jesse the Body does have time to bleed. Every now and again. I'm not saying every I day. Know, man. I just think Jesse the Body, maybe sometimes, because, you know, the myth of movie making, I think sometimes he, he will make the time to bleed. Yeah. You think no, so, it's really? situational. It's yeah, definitely situational. Yeah. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on. Continuing on. <laughs> Flang and Fawcett. Flang and Schmidt. On the way. Oh, yeah, Schmidt. Also, it would, he went on to say, it would have been impossible to get the Indians into the dugout again, talking about a return expedition, even with said Gatlin gun, even with a gun muzzle at their heads. Again, keep it classy, Schmidt. Put it, the German putting a gun to natives' heads so you go and help them kill a dinosaur. Oh, colonialism. And it's not, Sadly, not a good look. Not a good look at all. Just a few months later, on March 4th, 1908, Flang was struck down with fever, leaving the story to be outside of the natives, outside of native lands anyway, corroborated by just a single witness. Sad, but that's the way it works. This well, you know, be, man, you fucking go to the jungle, dude, you get a fucking fever. That's it. You got like a 60% chance, 70% chance of dying. I mean, that's just a time. Oh, yeah. Dude. Back then. I mean, you fucking shit I, happens, I guess you dude. go to the jungle if you're suicidal, but like to be terrified before you die yeah. and really want a bad case of diarrhea. Like yeah. the fact that, I mean, I, I get it. Like Percy Fawcett became like a superstar in his day, wealthy, famous, rolling in it. So I can understand the appeal to a young intrepid dude that maybe doesn't have a lot of means and they want to make a name for themselves and become like a living legend because celebrity back then was probably even more valuable than it is now. I mean, shit, now we have YouTubers and stuff. Now we ha anybody can have like a slice of celebrity, but back then, if you were known, you had it made for life. So I get it, but it was also like just either suicidally stupid or, or so goddamn ballsy as to be beyond the my ability to understand why. 
Like, I just, I would be like, yeah, no, I'm going to be one of the armchair guys. I still am, really. I fucking like, yeah. Even I could have an air mattress and fucking all the comforts fucking, I'd be like, yeah, no, the jungle's for you, dude. I, yeah, I mean, but you, you got to figure back then it was it was all completely undiscovered. So if you're out there making yeah. a name for yourself, you're gonna fucking you're gonna make your career like in a weekend, and then be like, I'm fucking that's it. I'm I'm, I'm the new hot shit. Yeah, but it's not a weekend. It's a 17 month expedition into the uh, bowels true, yeah. of the green inferno, from which half of your yeah. expedition is almost guaranteed not to return. You're gonna get Groot slanged. You know you fucking are everywhere you turn. <laughs> oh yeah, Groot slanged always right, well. happens. Uh, you know, adventure, not for us. Continue. No, no. <laughs> All right. This might be one of the best encounters on record, but it would be far from the last. In 1975, an Amazonian guide named Sebastian Bastos reported that one of his canoes had been torn apart by an 18-foot, long-necked reptilian monster, very much akin to the plesiosaur-like creature reputed to lurk in Argentina's Lake Nauhapi, which is, which, excuse me, the locals have affectionately christened Nahalito, which is one of just the, I mean, it's the Nessie of South America. It is one of the most famous lake monsters down there. And that's one of the things I didn't spend a lot of time on. I'm going to talk about this a little bit right now, but of course, lake monsters and plesiosaurs have gone together like peanut butter and jelly. Despite the fact that I think it is very unlikely that aquatic reptiles, even though they've proven that plesiosaurs or plesiosaurs, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, could live in very cold water. That was something that was always used to poo-poo the, the nest theory, the Loch Ness theory. But I still think it's absurd regardless of the fact that they could live in frigid waters because they just couldn't survive the environmental changes. But the fact that some sort of long neck animal might have evolved to live in lakes, that's a whole other breed of cat. Anyway, yeah. that haven't been said. Uh, if anyone's interested in, in Nahalito, there's a really cool documentary Oh, like called The Boogeymen. It's like a series that I think was made in either Ireland or Britain. And they have a nice documentary on it on YouTube for free. Uh, and get Peter Costello's In Search of Lake Monsters, which has an excellent chapter on it. But there, PSA over. Cool. Now going on to the next bit on plesiosaurs. In a series of articles that were published in Pursuit Magazine between 1977 and 1979, Silvano Lorenzoni made the extraordinary claim that a local trader had spied a trio of plesiosaur-like things, quote-unquote, swimming in a lake located on the high Ayuantepeu Plateau. I know I said that wrong but just live with it from where the striking angel falls originates. Have you guys ever seen angel falls? It's like huge plateau. In oh Venezuela, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's got that, mm -hmm. you know, that gorgeous waterfall. And it's like a whole like lost world up there, literally, uh, yep. which originates in Southeastern uh, Venezuela. Like I said, Lorenzoni further asserted that reports of massive lizard like reptiles were also coming from the valleys along the Venezuelan coast. Hmm. Then in 1995, a group of geology students testified as to seeing a pair of 30-foot creatures with long necks wading in the Paraguacu River in the Sincora mountain range of eastern Brazil. And as recently as 2004, reports have come in from Chile's Atacama Desert, which I think might be where the dog-faced gargoyles were, regarding theropod-like animals known collectively as the Areca Monsters, but we're going to deal with that one another day. That that gets its own pod at some point. Okay. Nice. Okay. So I'm just going to wrap this up on a geek note because we already talked about you guys hating dinosaurs. Always will. That's fine. Whatever. I'll live with it. <laughs> That's no, I'm just the, you son of a bitch. <laughs> on a fascinating pop culture note, 
Tales of the Prehistoric Pentagonian Predators, which came really close to being the title to this piece, but I decided Living Dinosaurs is going to be it, may well have helped give birth to one of the most maligned yet beloved subgenres in cinema history, the giant monster movie. Newspaper reports of Percy Fawcett's exploratory exploits in South America enthralled the British public, winning him a prestigious medal from the Royal Geographical Society and, even more significantly for geeks the world over, inspiring Sir Arthur Conan Doyle to write his 1912 novel, The Lost World. This tale of an expedition to a plateau in the Amazon basin where prehistoric animals managed to survive inspired the silent 1925 film of the same name, which in turn gave an up-and-coming stop-motion animator by the name of Willis O'Brien a chance to shine. O'Brien's extraordinary achievements would lead directly to the production of the seminal giant monster movie King Kong, which in turn would lead to Mighty Joe Young letting loose Ray Harryhausen to make movies such as The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which in turn inspired Japanese producer Tomiyuki Tanaka to assemble the astonishing creative team that would unleash Godzilla and its ilk on an unsuspecting world. So in a very direct line, if Percy Fawcett hadn't at least claimed, even if he didn't, to see dinosaurs there's a very real chance that we would not have dinobots fucking godzilla movies king kong or any jurassic park jurassic world any of that shit i mean eventually somebody would have made a dinosaur movie because they're a fascinating part of earth's history but the way it unfolded and the films that we have that we grew up loving now almost certainly wouldn't exist were it not for these uh pantagonian and and north of pantagonia south american sightings of uh of dinosaurs. So I just had to add that in nice. as a complete right. fuck sucking geek and lover of kaiju cinema. Oh yeah. And giant monsters in general, as we all know. Yeah. Totally. All so right. that well, is our overview of go. some of the more compelling, especially especially the old Schmidt and Flang. You know, yep. the, the old partners <laughs> extraordinaire and Percy Fawcett and 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 others. Um, and, and again, this is continuous too. I mean, when you go up to the Eureka monsters, which I know we said we're gonna do in our own thing. These are fucking crazy things that are happening in the 21st century. And and there's going to be some people that have paranormal ideas or whatever. But anyway, that's the bulk of it. So let's just fucking savor it and break it down. All right. So uh, let's start with uh, shit that exists on Earth currently. Quite possibly they could be seeing just... Uh, animals that they didn't know or that they don't understand because sometimes not explored sometimes yeah, i was thinking i was thinking like um like hippopotamus or like rhino or something like that just something that's like like large that would right, like be around the water let me help you out for real quick um there are no hippopotamus or hippopotami whatever the word would be or rhinoceros in south america you know that right except maybe in zoos no no idea that's an african thing and asian okay all right. Well, I uh, I was wrong. Uh, there was my uh... where where to go, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> See if you studied dinosaurs and just a hint of zoology, yeah. dude. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. Okay. So all right. All right. <laughs> so, but you know, well, okay. So, Rob, in the area are because <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. I'm, there's I'm there's not no learn. elephants either. Let me let me let me cut you off right now. Yeah, I... No giraffe. They're not they're not confusing long neck creatures with a giraffe. So None is there anything, shit. is there any larger animals in that area you think that could be mistaken for, for something? There are giant armadillos, which okay, maybe, how giant are we talking? Like, like pretty big. Like, like, I don't know exactly how big, but fucking like right. four or five feet, 
you yeah, know, maybe longer with these the tail. things are enough. like five times the size. According oh yeah, to, no, no, I'm just to what they're saying. You're absolutely right. I don't think okay. that that's what we're saying. But what I am going to say is that the first one, the so-called Bolivian Saurian, that might have been some creative taxidermy because there were elements of it that reminded me of how they described the armor on the top and bottom um, of being either an Achylosaurus or an armadillo. Maybe if somebody like sewed a couple of extra dog heads on the carcass of an armadillo, dried it out, and was trying to sell it as some sort of extraordinary new species. Because fucking three heads, like every now and again, snakes or sheep or something are born anomalously with two heads. It happens. Right. It's, you know, it's it's mm. just a mutant thing that happens and it's sad for the animal, but, you know, it does. But but a three-headed thing, it's, you know, that's max of fucking hoax to me, really. And, and Yeah, so, kind of, yeah. Wild dog and fucking and giant armadillo might have been cobbled together. And that might be another reason why this faded away, because once real scientists um, in La Paz got a hold of it, you know, the president's crack team, thinking that they might have a new animal to like put on the flag and represent their nation. We're like, oh, this is bullshit. This is like really garbage fucking taxidermy. Yeah, they might have just thrown <laughs> the whole thing away. <laughs> All right, so fuck you, um, Jenny Hanover. Yeah, even even so, then, uh, you can't you can't go. I mean, you can't you can only push something so far. Even turn of the century, you know what I mean. You can't be like, oh, uh, right. it had wings and a beak and it had nine heads and it was a thing. Like, you're absolutely right, Chris. And and, and to like emphasize that point, the first time a carcass of a platypus was brought from uh, New Zealand to Europe, they called fucking they call shenanigans on it they're like fuck you we're not that stupid oh yeah a beaver's body with a fucking duck bill and whatever oh yeah and it lays eggs too like because they were so uh you know skeptical of it they were like i can't even accept this and we're not gonna this is just ridiculous and we've been sold this bill of goods before so even though the platypus turned out to be fucking real as we all know um you're right they were they were definitely more incredulous than than a lot of people give them credit for yeah. So, do you think maybe something in the area could have been misidentified? Well, in, in that first yes. story, if, I don't know, man. No, but, the I first mean, story. Overall, I don't. There, it, I don't think. Wait, that let's break that. Let's break down the accounts one by one, and then we'll just that way we can just do all right. It in so, order. so I, the, I think the we first one all agree the, that the Bolivian soaring, which is the three-headed, yeah, we'll call shenanigans, flawed, you know scaly thing i think we can all pretty right. much call shenanigans on that um the yeah. second one that we've got is um the diplodocus story now that's that percy fawcett saw yeah. in 1907 when he was out marking the boundaries between uh brazil and peru um i don't know i don't know of any long-necked creature that would be the size of something to be diplodocus now unfortunately we don't get a size here he doesn't say a mini Diplo like a six foot a four and a half foot a, th a 35 foot we don't know. So that's just too vague. Um, you could say like a snake, if it's just caught like an anaconda coming out of the water where its head just goes up a little at a distance and it may be living, leaving a bigger wake than usual, though the natives in the area know a fucking anaconda. Yeah, uh, I the, right. You know, the people exploring the area are probably going to be familiar with them pretty fucking quick. So even I don't think they would mistake that. I can't think of anything that would have a long enough neck to be confused uh, for that or any anything else like like that so 
yeah, I don't think really in any of these encounters that there's anything that would be there that could be mistaken just by the sheer size that we're dealing with here. So if they really are seeing creatures that are this big, either are right, these are leftover relics from the fucking, you know, dinosaurs or their evolutionary offshoots. That's the other thing that's really yeah, discussed. I, I and we briefly that. discussed this um, in our Patreon interview with uh, the archaeologist Nick Cox, who, you know, you know, we, we were talking about ape men and proto humans, but but yeah. it applies across the board the, these things might live because birds are fucking dinosaurs. I think we're all in agreement on that. I don't think the th- any of the three of us have any beef with the idea that a lot of modern birds are descended from yeah. at least the smaller dinosaur. You say it skeptically. <clears throat> so, and the flat earth, they can't exist. Right, Mark? Go ahead. No, no. It's just, I, I just remember when it's like, oh, dinosaurs became birds. I'm like, oh, I'm even less interested in them now. Awesome. <sighs> so you weren't fascinated <laughs> by the thought that we share the world with the descendants of dinosaurs? Look at a cassowary. I, I, Look at any number of fascinating birds. You're like, yeah, oh see, my that, god, this definitely is a dinosaur. That's where I start not, getting I interested. Even... Thank yeah, you. The cassowary, especially. Like birds, that's a fucking so. dinosaur. That is not a bird. Oh, it's a fucking. Di- that's a hundred percent a dinosaur. If you've never seen one, look up right. a fucking cassowary. They're fucked up. They're dinosaurs. Hundred percent. They're hundred percent okay. dinosaurs, yeah. and they're deadly right. as shit. They will fucking eviscerate you. <laughs> they're right. an awesome so, bird. Uh, yeah, right, so anyway, I, I, my point I mean, is this. If they can give rise to birds, why can't right. other species have, have come out of it? Now, maybe they're, I mean, they would fit into one of the branches, not necessarily mm. reptilian, not necessarily avian, though it could be, um, I, I don't know, some weird hybrid there, maybe even amphibious that, you know, it developed a long neck because say if it's a herbivore to reach the branches of low hanging fruit, kind of like the Mokalem and Bembe is supposed to do that come over the water so they can come out and get it without endangering themselves by going onto land. You know, there's a lot of different things that could happen over millions of years. I mean, evolution happens a lot quicker than that. We've discovered when it needs to, uh, especially in a closed environment, but, but, but especially over the course of multiple tens of millions of years, any number of things could have evolved that might have, it's not necessarily an exact duplicate of something that died out 65 million years ago. It could be a whole right. new thing that just happens to look like it, the way a bat and a bird look basically biologically similar from a distance, but are fucking completely dissimilar if you did like a, well, not an autopsy, but if you dissected one. <laughs> <laughs> they're people too well yeah they're i mean people you know, too. shit's flying shit's flying that's that's the deal yeah. but right right so if this is some weird evolutionary offshoot that i'm going to assume that they have to be able to maintain their population because you're not going to get one that just lives for fucking 20 years and all of a sudden it's gone you gotta so, so there has to be some sort of way to like keep this line going um, and like you mentioned with Nikolaus, how he had, you know, said X amount of, uh, I forgot how many thousands of years ago, it wasn't really that long ago that, that there was, um, oh, what the fuck was it in Russia that he mentioned that there was like an island off of Russia where they oh, had yeah, like, like, uh, like mammoths. Like 4,000 like or 10,000, like some ridiculously yeah, yeah. short, like, like smaller woolly mammoths were living yeah. in an island off of Russia because they were a closed population. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So maybe, maybe that's what we're dealing with here is just that it just so happens to be in this, you know, area that there is a closed population of some sort of weird, you know, second cousin to dinosaurs or whatever just happened to be popular. Or their natural the descendants. Area. Yeah. 
Right. So, I mean, it was assuming that though, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that maybe they're all dead now because we have not really heard or seen higher hair from them. And considering all the GPS tech that we have, I would think we'd be picking these fucking things up. All right. Let, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Two ways with that. Okay. Uh, in, in one way, you're absolutely right. The fucking, uh, the rainforests have grown so much smaller. Well, grown is the wrong word. It's been just They've decimated. been destroyed, yeah. And, and But it does not mean that there aren't still pockets. So on one hand, you're right. The technology has increased exponentially and the environment where they can live, especially compared to the early 20th century and the 19th century, has diminished phenomenally, tragically. But there are still vast swaths of uncharted spaces in Peru and in a lot of the Amazon basin, where even though... You know, you can look at it from Google Earth or you can see it from above the trees. You're not really balls deep in there. Tons of unknown species. And if and if these things became more diminutive through evolution, obviously it's not uh, what we're talking about here. A lot of these shrink. things might be able to survive. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, pygmy hippos, I mean, yeah, pygmy but... elephants. Right. You know, a lot of things go pygmy I mean... after a while. But 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 these things aren't pygmy. So you're right. On one right. hand, let's I, I will I will own what you said and say yes, the, their environment is smaller and the technology is better, but I will not suggest that it's been GPS down to the nth because there are still a lot of places on this earth, especially in Africa and in you know um, Oceania, all those islands out there and in South mm-hmm. America that are really uncharted to this day. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many polar bears are there? Like four or something like that? Like we have a count of them. So I yeah. mean, like... I'm just assuming that if if there is or if there was, I mean, or you know, conversely, what we could be dealing with is maybe this maybe this era, this time was the end of the species. This was them dying out. I mean, like if they're that if they're that large, imagine what they have to use to maintain themselves. That, that you're right. They would require eat, like, a ton of resources. Would, yeah, they would eat half the fucking jungle. So maybe what this is is just the tail end of their lifespan, and then all of a sudden, boom! You know, it's not uncommon, obviously, for species to go completely extinct. So maybe that's what we're dealing with. It just seems that they're so large that you yeah, know that would definitely have. More that's an info, issue. I mean, know? it's always an issue when you're talking biology, like. This could exist, but if if it did, and evolution was a thing, why why is there no bones? Why is it not in the fossil record? G- even though the sa- there's yeah, there's like gaps, the, the Sasquatch. That's that's yeah. that's that's the argument. It doesn't mean it can't. Like if if these places haven't been gone through and 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 really dug into, then I guess you're not gonna know. But like, right. why you ruin wouldn't... a fucking rainforest or whatever just to look for a bone? You know, that's true like you're not gonna no, like yeah, I, that, I, that I wouldn't point. pay that and price like it as no neither would I no I don't think any of us would but as is often pointed out by uh Sasquatch researchers and hunters of like bear or whatever an animal's remains will decay so swiftly be consumed so swiftly by scavengers and fall back into rot in the jungle and basically melt away bone and all especially in a, a very moist rainforest area even quicker than in you know, well, I mean, Pacific Northwest is a moist forested area that you could you could easily say, well, all right, there's a reason why you're not coming across these bones. And when people are just flat out raising the land to make, you know, uh, farmland or whatever they're doing, destroying vast swaths of jungle, they're not archaeologists they're not poking around looking or paleontologists for, you know, snippets of bone. They're just destroying oh, yeah, yeah. swaths yeah. of jungle and rainforest yeah. to make flat, you know, fertile land for farmers. 
Yeah. So a lot of I this mean, shit couldn't fade through. So the fact that they haven't found the bones to me is not de facto evidence that there are no bones to be found. But you're right. It is an interesting question and it, it, it really does deserve an answer. But let's move on to what I think is the most interesting case in the bunch and certainly the longest one we dealt with. And that is, of course, Schmidt and Flang and their fucking crazy encounter with and we can describe it again right here the way it is it's fucking fascinating um because he just says literally and i shall describe it now uh the head went over 10 feet tall but that's not ridiculously high overall he said it was about 35 feet long that was an estimation that included neck and tail so that means the body probably wasn't all that bulky i mean if maybe 10 feet you know, who knows if, if 10 feet were dedicated to the neck and head and you can assume the thick tail was probably another 10, then the body was 10 or 15 feet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Huge yeah. by any standards. If you're in the middle right. of the jungle, looking at this fucking thing, but not yeah. necessarily so big that you're like, how can you not see this from satellite footage? Right. But I mean, none of these things that they've encountered were even considered medium sized. These are but, all pretty fucking large. You know, that's, that's where you might be mistaken. Because except for this thing, which was described in size, a lot of these other things, because they give the illusion, and you're probably right, but because they give the illusion that it's a brontosaur or diplodocus, you assume massive. Unfortunately, they don't specifically give estimation. So they might be describing it as, and and again, I know I'm pissing in the wind sort of, they might be describing it as resembling a diplodocus, but not necessarily being the size of one. Because if you had something the size of a fuck-sucking diplodocus, you would know, we would all know, it would just be... Facts. It would be it like would, the yeah, blue whale yeah. of the land. Right. We would all know. But what fascinates me about this guy is it had clawed flippers. Yeah. It had its keg-sized size, keg head, which I love. Beer. had a taper-like lip, which I find really interesting, too, because that's like, um, you, you know, a taper is, I think, the closest living relative to an elephant. And it uses it the nose sort of like a trunk and it uses it to grab things and grab foliage and pull it into its mouth. So this would be a perfect adaptation for something that was descended from a mastodon or 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 related at some point in their genetic history with an elephant and a tapir, whatever yeah. shared um, ancestor they had to grow up to be um and 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 now I'm going to go divergent again, but like the Makara, which are the aquatic elephants that were allegedly seen in the Indian Ocean by Indians and Africans, uh, the idea that something like uh, an elephant or one of the ancient ancestors of what became elephants and tapirs could have become a semi-aquatic animal living in like a dense rainforest rainforest area full of lakes and rivers where it would have claw-like flippers just the way whales were like dog-like creatures and then went back into the sea and became the things that we know now um the thought of that happening and still having a little bit of that relic taper mouth and still being herbivores um to me, sounds highly plausible, and it's not at all a dinosaur. That would be a megafauna mammal. I think a mammal, based on what the way they described it. I mean, it had bony things, like it was hard to shoot it. But I, but but then again, so does a pangolin. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not fully committed to this being a dinosaur. But cryptozoologically speaking, I think I find this the most fascinating of the bunch. Man, you got a bulletproof dinosaur, dude. That's what you got right there. You can't shoot that fucking thing. Ain't with a Gatling. Those are the guys that want to get the Gatling gun, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, man, you need Jesse the body. Yeah, Blaine. Call Blaine. Yeah, call Jesse. He's gonna fucking show up, nuke that fucking thing. Well, I guess actually, according to the story, would nuke him, but whatever. 
cannon yeah. side. Yeah, no, I know. I'm Well, I mean, yeah, it's weird that the armor is, like, bulletproof, even for the time, <laughs> but... Yeah. Are, are, but, I, I know but, you guys I hate, mean, it, hate dinosaurs and love Dinobots, but are you not at least fascinated <laughs> by Schmidt and Flang's bulletproof fucking super seal? Yeah, well, but uh, speaking like it lets, and I know this is a completely different fucking situation. If I was to shoot a hippo with a twenty-two, it's going to do nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah, you're going to get a hippo pissed, and you're going to really hope you're far yeah, enough I mean, away. I'm not sure. Do people shoot hippos? Is that a thing? I, people that have. Not? Yeah, they used to make. I don't know if like do absolutely nothing, but. I mean, maybe not nothing, but I'm assuming that if you are going to shoot that, you're going to need a pretty fucking decent size uh, caliber bullet for that. So, Which, of course, well, they sure. said they had. They had those Remingtons that they say would take down an elephant at the drop of a dime. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. Now, I'd be questioning what exactly they're shooting that thing with. But regardless, my, my situation here is just saying that if you're going to you know, shoot a hippo with a little 22 short. I mean, it's, it's not going to do anything, you know, that's it's true. Bounce off. It's, well, it, it, even if you're anything g- large, if that's what you're taking out to do that to begin with, you shouldn't be out there doing that to begin with. Well, no, I'm just using it as a comparison <laughs> of like whatever they might have, whatever they come up against, you know, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like you're shooting it with like an AR-15 or like even like an AK-47 that has a much larger cal- caliber bullet than a standard shell. So maybe whatever they were shooting at, they're like, yeah, we got the best guns in the time, but this thing is so fucking big. And plus, if it's armor plated with whatever the hell it has, I mean, well, it's it not going like, to do shit to it. You know, like alligator looking skin on its neck, but it, that doesn't yeah, mean scale armor mail. plated. Yes, it's got scale. It's got scale mail. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> There's got to be like a D and D thing, right? Where you can get like fucking scale armor. Like I'm sure there is. I'm almost positive. What would you have to roll Prob- to put probably. One of these things down? Oh, well, this 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 roll would be a bitch. I mean, you would need. Well, I guess this wouldn't be D and D with guns. But I guess the guns would be huh. like what, like 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 riffs or something like that, right? Like some like yeah, offshoot. Yeah, no, you, you could always fit it in. <laughs> Yeah, are you right. telling me that we, that, we, that we can play D and D and I can have guns? Oh, you fucked up! <laughs> you fucked up! No more, no more fucking two-handed swords for Mark with an impossible Dude, swing roll. Yeah, I, I mean that's the deal. I'm bringing six shooters. Good luck, wizards. You better fucking have have some shields you can use. Dude. Can yeah, we get back to dinosaurs? Yeah, we can get back to dinosaurs. All right, so yes. yeah, this thing definitely fucking yeah, it's a dinosaur. No, I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> it's, no, it's an offshoot this, of something. Clearly, well, they're, they uh, you can argue what? that for every one of those. Yeah, you you could. But, yeah, really, the I, argument's I, the same I for mean, all of it, them. We don't know what any of these are. We, I can't say no. You could very well be right. It could be a fucking dinosaur. It could be the ultimate dinosaur. I think there's a chance, like the like Hoovelman's described the long neck seal as one of the you know the many uh, classifications of sea monster. I I, I feel like this is more. Well, like I say, like something that might be related to ancient elephants and and tapirs and have like pinniped like appendages that allow it to function in the water and on land. I mean, when it said it clumsily slopped into the water or whatever, whatever Schmidt wrote, tell me every time you've seen an old documentary of a walrus or a sea lion, they don't look graceful until they're in the water. When they're in the water, they're bad. They're all Michael Phelps fucking squared. But until they get in the water, they're just sloppy fat fucks that are just doing what they're doing, laying on the fucking rocks. And then once they're in, they're graceful as the dicks. So 
Yeah. Maybe they just caught this thing sloppy on land trying to eat some shit. They kept popping at it for fucking whatever reason because they're dicks. And then it's just like, ah, oh, <laughs> fuck. Splash nice. in and he's back home. And it didn't even so, attack him. It swam under him and scared the shit out of him, but it didn't attack yeah, him. Yeah, no, it actually, it just fucking right. shot it like between the eyes and the thing that's fucking darted. So do we have like a consensus idea on these things? Like where we think we're going to go with this? Because your idea of it being some sort of offshoot makes sense to me. I mean, obviously, we're not going to find anything in the region that's going to... Um, you know, be misidentified. So if we are dealing with just some weird fucking blip in evolution, I mean, again, my question is where are they today? But maybe that's not the question to ask. Maybe this was just the end. It could have been near the end. I mean, it really could have been near the end. We've seen, we've lived in our, in our relatively short lifetimes. We have lived to see the extinction of way too many species. It's convenient to say like, oh, clearly they went extinct and it's over. And that's why I know for sure they were real and why we don't find them now. So I won't say that because I'm, I'm not going to cop out like that. There's every chance that it was a crazy embellishment used to enhance Schmidt's book or whatever he was writing. But it comes no, off. We didn't take that. Yeah. We didn't well, yeah, you have to take, you have that. to accept that with every single account, really. Right. But, uh, but it's, it's, it's delivered so prosaically and in the context of other stories that are just standard expedition stories. Even, you know, Dr. Roy P. Macklew was, uh, you know, at the Chicago University and was the leader of the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau for a while and went looking for the Mokalem and Bembe. He was like, this is compelling. He goes, it doesn't mean it's 100% true, but the way this case is presented in the context it's presented seems like a matter of fact retelling right. of an event that happened. So I find this one fascinating more so than random uh, reports of plesiosaurs and the top of angel falls or certainly three headed what's or nuts. But, um, but All I'd right. like to think that there, I, I mean, I know we, I know for a hundred percent fact, just as I know that even though it's not proven that we are not the only life in the universe, I, I know that there are species as yet undiscovered in South America. That's just a fact. Now, a lot of them are insects and fish and fucking tiny lizards and things like that. And that's all great. But maybe some of them are a little bit bigger and and maybe some of them represent things that would really blow our mind if we actually find them. And I hope we do get a chance to find them before they completely die out. I don't necessarily think they're dinosaurs, though. I would love to think that they would be descended in kind of the way birds are into something equally fascinating. But. But I guess it's hope springs so, eternal more than me thinking it's likely. So I guess we can take it like like yeah. one of two ways here. We're either dealing with things that are just an evolu- an unknown evolutionary offshoot, or it's just you know lies. Well, really, just I mean that that's but it. Isn't that these everything we do that is, is it? lies the alternative to every fucking story yeah. That's which on, I mean, I guess know, I well, not, not lies, that. misinterpretation. That's also right. a fact well, too. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, just or a you're lot, talking a, about it's weeding out what you think could be true as a as opposed to how they're telling the story. Right. Or we could just be dealing with people that go out there and they're like, oh, shit, we got this fucking great tale and this is going to net us some fucking, you know, uh, some some clout back in the fucking 
beckon civilization because they're out there in the unknowns like oh we saw fucking all this crazy shit which is not unheard of you can't deny the possibility of i mean now things are so easily confirmed everyone has a cell phone you will be filmed you will be vetted reporters are everywhere but back then if you were a european or an american in africa or you know the deep islands of asia or south america you knew that the shit you were sending out the correspondent stories you were sending out were years and years alone. There will be no one there to confirm or deny anything you say. And so your veracity was basically just how much integrity you had. And if you had a particularly boring week and you wanted to spice it up, I'm sure many of the people like talk, they saw a Jaguar, you know, saunter by in the woods. And it's like, and then the attack came. I was in my tent, you know, trying to get some sleep and the claw wrapped around my head. I'm sure there were tons of- Yeah, 100%. With real carnivores and real things. To me, it is just as likely, I suppose, that someone would just pull something completely out of their ass. But that's like a whole different breed of cat. Back then, I guess you could be open-minded to the thought that these things might exist. But but it seems like if you're going to lie, you're going to lie based on, like all good liars do, what is known and you're going to manipulate that to make yourself look better. If you're just pulling like giant dinosaurs out of your room saying like it showed its head and, and I tried to get a shot off, but I couldn't and it disappeared and it sounded loud. That's almost like a shitty story. Like the fish that got away to tell that story smacks to me of maybe something that really happened because that's not, you didn't, you know, you weren't a great hero. You weren't fucking St. George slaying a dragon. You were yeah. just a dude that couldn't get his fucking gun up quick enough. And then it was gone in the weeds. And you're like, that was big. Right. Yeah. So, but, um, but then again, I mean, if this was an interest at the time, think about like all the ghost hunting shows in like the past decade and a half. Right. Right. Like that's the thing. So you're going to have all these people doing all this ghost hunting shit and people are into it no matter what. Right. So, so if there's just this this little flare up and people were just into this, you go on people go on these expeditions and you come back with this dope story, and it gets you any yeah. kind of a thing, you're gonna do I, it. I can see that being a thing too. I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's no, well, that's people and people do stuff like that. And yeah, you're absolutely which is right. Why, yeah, which is why there's so many fucking night vision shows about shit moving on tv right now so yeah or when there's a flap and we've discussed this many times especially those great 70s flaps like recently with the headless horror of grafton where you know the first site is citing is super compelling and you think maybe some of the others are interesting too but when it gets to the point every teenager is watching it like you know skulk through a landfill throwing around garbage and you know talking shit about ed mcmahon or whatever the fuck it's doing in the 70s you're like okay all right, yeah, maybe right. you just want to be part of the party. And you know what? You have to you have to take that. You have to like take the evidence as what it is, but you know, the further you get from the source, you're right, the the more it becomes like you better have some substantial proof to back this up. Otherwise, it just yeah. sounds like you're riding the coattails. And I'm sure that happened quite a bit. Chris makes a very valid point that totally. probably a lot of people once but the dinosaur craze I mean, it blew up in 1912, so these people all would have been a part of it. It wasn't necessarily in the 1800s, but but the idea of like the lost world of Patagonia, this you know plateau. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. but then again, that was inspired by the reality of the sightings allegedly. So that's one of those things, sort of like a creature from the Black Lagoon, that was at least allegedly inspired by a real cryptid story, which we will do someday. 
and then became a famous monster, which when shown on TV might have inspired other aquatic humanoid stories that might not have been as real. Or yeah. they're yeah, ultra terrestrials totally. yeah, or sure. tulpas, which is a whole other batch <laughs> of reasons no. that we'll fucking deal with when we have to. Yeah, we don't. We're not. We're not even going to crawl. I'm not even going to bring up interdimensional so, stuff. So, so South American dinosaurs are not tulpas. No. Are they, they the are ghosts of prehistoric animals, as has been cited a few times from Nessie and other things? No, uh, the no. specters of long dead prehistoric beasties. That's a just whole doing their other. Thing. That's a whole other podcast that we have to cover. There's no reason to think that they are. Aren't, you know, aren't going to be a thing. I'm just asking if you guys think they are. No, no. There's no, no reason to believe that they are. Extraterrestrials. No. no. I no. wish, but no. This Living is dinosaurs. full on. This is full on cryptid for me. Everyone. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no, they're all for me too. They're all cryptids. I mean, again, I'm not even going to toss an interdimensional flag and then into this. I'm just going to say strip cryptid. Um, no, this is one yeah, of those old you, school we're ones where, where we're definitely on board. <laughs> if this is real, I'm sorry about ruining your polite exchange, but if this is fucking real, um, <laughs> then this has to be a cryptozoological phenomenon. It has to totally. be a, it doesn't have to be, of course it doesn't have to be, but I'm assuming it's a biologically based um, zoological um, reality that just, you know, wasn't seen by enough people or maybe died before it could be found, or maybe it's still there in very tiny pockets doing its fucking thing. And, and I kind of love that because that was the first thing that I came to in this, as much as I love ET and weird shit and talking mongooses and all that fun shit we do. Um, the first thing that brought me to this fucking was a love of dinosaurs and a love of, um, alternative zoology or the zoology that wasn't known yet. So this is kind of like a fun throwback one where it either, I mean, I'm not saying I think they're definitely dinosaurs. I absolutely don't think that for the most part, but that they are unknown animals in some cases that, you know, have some traits that the people of that era uh, associated with dinosaurs, that to me is pretty plausible and I find fascinating. And I would like to think, that that is what uh, at least some of the more intriguing cases uh, we dealt with here might have been. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have yeah. it. Um, on the rare occasion, we are all in agreement. So there it is. Yeah, I know. That, Fucking that's a. What, yeah, that's what. Uh, that's what dinosaurs. The will do veil here. is closed. Wow. <laughs> Close yeah, there the was veil. there was no thin veil here. There no, was no. Man, I mean, they could have been ultra terrestrials. I mean, they did scare the fuck out of the people. Shut the fuck up. I mean, I was shut, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Don't even. I was, <laughs> we like, almost got was, away with it. No, I was going to toss it out there, but I'm like, you know what? I just, I'm not. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, that was the most totally... sincere shut the fuck up I have ever received. And I've been I meant a it. lot in my life. Chris is just oh, not fucking. Shit. No, we did this. Nope. You put the nail in the coffin. You do not get to open it back up. You no, shut you the can't. fuck up. You can't do it. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you for joining uh, us for this week's episode of the Kryptonaut Podcast. Woo! Living dinosaurs of South America, not yep. dead dinosaurs. No, not living fossils. fossils. Not Which fossils. there are plenty of. This yes, is not the fossil yes. episode. Uh, as always, the Instas, the Twitters, the Facebooks, find us on the social medias. Thank you all so very much for the messages and the DMs. That is awesome. Uh, uh-huh. Our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is the fucking best. Uh, yes. The link will be in the description of this podcast. Check it out there. Keep all those posts coming. It's a cool little community, man. Good I people. Honestly, I, I do too. 
it's fucking awesome. And thank you everyone that keeps. Uh, I laugh out loud there. so fucking often. You yeah, guys are wicked. No, you know who you are. Thank you. Totally. No, it's awesome there. Uh, Hellerspace, Hellerspace.com. Again, the first, uh, we have the, the the latest two designs, the Hellerspace Kiss and the Hellerspace uh, Plan 9 from Hellerspace. Those two designs are going directly to our local Meals on Wheels charity. Thank you all. Uh, and I think it, there's a couple more, I think there's a couple more weeks of that going on. So please, by all means, if you got some extra cash, you want to help it out, hook it up. Yeah, absolutely. It helps out a lot of good hungry folks. Wicked. So thank you yep. for doing that. Everyone who's done it yeah. already. Thank you. Everyone's going to do it. Also, absolutely. thank you. Um, totally. It really, it supports people that really could use the help. So thank you so, so much. Yeah. So check it out there. Um, Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. Thank you to everyone that supports us over there. We appreciate it. Uh, I think that's it. My brain is fucking I know. pissed. I don't know what happened. I'm just shot. Dude, I don't know we're if it's, all if it's shot. the quarantine or shot. what it is, but man. It's the repetition. We're just living the same day over uh, and over and groundhogsing, that's true. groundhogsing ourselves into a just, psychological oblivion. Yeah, I but I love it, like, and you know what? As ever, I miss you, fuckers. I gotta say it. Oh yeah, no, totally. It's, totally I, I can't wait to actually see you, you and drink with you and talk smack yeah. publicly. But I have to admit, I'm getting this is kind of a groove I'm getting into. I mean, I don't want to default to this when the world returns to some semblance of normal, but I'm getting no, we're, more comfortable getting with the tech. I am. Yeah, I feel good about tech. I know yeah, we're getting there. We're we're making it happen. I mean, you know, it started off a little rocky as little rough but you know we're we're there we're we're making it happen that's all that matters so uh thank you all so very much for joining us and we're talking to you soon stay Goodbye. safe rock out fucking um hit me up if you want any uh crypto book lists or whatever and uh fucking you know just be good be good to yourselves be good to each other yeah stay safe stay healthy quarantine do your thing we'll be talking to you mm-hmm. and you know what bye fucking, if you don't love dinosaurs try harder <laughs> I've had I've had a real hard time this podcast, and I still love my brothers Mark and Chris as if they were my own. But uh, but uh, you know, if you don't love dinosaurs, try Listen, harder. That's all I can say. We I never I, said I didn't love them. I'm just saying if you compare a standard ops T Rex to fucking Grimlock, it's just not as exciting. Well, I know, but then you got I know I know he's a fucking robot. I <laughs> see, get it. let's see. That's Listen, all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Just, Listen, imagine you're like, oh, my God, dinos are so dope. And then you're like, oh, wait, Gigan. You know, I love Gigan. And I love Mechagodzilla, also a robot, and a kaiju. I love this shit. But dinosaurs were really here doing their shit and might still really be here. Lake Murray and Papua New Guinea. Right. Listen. Congo Basin. Look. Go at your own pace. Go at your own pace. You know what, Robert? Let me get there. All right, man. Let me get you know there. what? Just because we weren't all super geniuses at nine. Jesus like Christ. You. I just don't Jesus care about that type of shit, dude. Like, seriously. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. And fine. goodbye. Goodbye, friends. I love you and dinosaurs, but you a little more.
Near the dawn of the 20th century, reports began to emerge from the unfathomable jungles deep in the Amazon basin of colossal creatures that seemingly sulked out of the mists of time from another age. Sorry, Mark, that skulked. They're not sulking. Skulk. They're not pouty Skulk. golf kids. Yeah, they're not like, what the fuck? <laughs> going into Hot Topic going, what the fuck happened? Don't even want to oh, be in no. this lost world. Stuck in this unfathomable jungle. Can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll try that again in 